I would like for us to explore the word that I think is lost in our language today, at least in the church, and that is happiness. Does God want me to be happy? That's a question I hope that we will have answered by the end of this morning, and then we'll all walk out of here going, yes, God wants me to be happy, and yes, He gives me that happiness only in Him. And so there's, there's some, some things we would need to learn on that. So uh, anyway, just uh, follow along in your bulletin. There is an outline that we'll be walking through together. But I do hope that you've had a good Christmas. I hope that your New Year's was good. I hope that you've had great times of family and friends. And now we're ready to, to start out in 2018. And like last week, we talked about set your goal as godliness would be your pursuit. Um, Well, in looking at this, God has taught me something this last year in the area of happiness, and many of you who know me know that I am an optimist. I have got just, I don't know, I I look at a glass completely full, Uh, even if it's half full of liquid, it's all full of air and something. Uh, I'm an optimist, but I hope that I'm also a realist. Sometimes we can be so optimistic that we miss reality. And so I don't want to be so up in the air that I can't see what's happening. And so if you're here this morning and you're a little bit pessimistic, and that is, oh, it's so cold out there, it's uh, something's caused you to feel a little down, let me tell you there is a well in which you can draw from. There is a well in which you can draw from that will give you joy even in the midst of very difficult circumstances. So I want to help you explore that this morning. Well, people have said many things about happiness, many things that are wrong even about happiness, and many things that are right. People have said things like this, all I want is to be happy. Where does the desire to be happy come from? Some people have said, you need to stop wanting to be happy. You need to desire to be holy. That's interesting. Some people have said this, God is not interested in your happiness. He's only interested in your holiness. Is that true? And then the ultimate question, and those of you who have been in the discipleship study in this this series, is God happy? And and that's a question that some people are like, I've never thought about that. Uh, Sometimes I don't think he's happy with me. Uh, But is God happy? Well, there are a number of words in the Bible that talk about happiness and point to our happiness. Here are some of the biblical words. Gladness, joy, happiness, blessedness, pleasures, cheerfulness, delight, These words, all these words are like interchangeable at times. Happiness, joy, gladness, merriment, pleasure. All of these things can be, uh, are available to us as believers. And so what does it mean to be happy in God? Here's what's happened, guys. There's been a shift, at least that I have seen, and, and maybe you can relate to this. There's been a shift in recent times in our culture that somehow to pursue happiness is sinful. But to pursue holiness is godly. 
Now, at first glance, you would agree with that. You would say, well, to pursue happiness with sin and the world and all, that's worldly, and you shouldn't do that. Well, I agree with that. And then to pursue God and holiness, that would be right. Well, what if the pursuit of your happiness actually is the pursuit of God? What if they're not opposites of each other? I've either got to be happy or holy. And some people say, well, I guess I'll be holy even if I'm not happy. I don't think that's what the Bible is teaching. Joy has become a spiritual word and happiness has become a worldly word. And I've seen this in, I've seen this in, in church circles. There's Christians will come up to you and say something about the joy of the Lord. Uh, I, I just want joy. And, uh, but then you've got people out in the world who say, all I want is to be happy. Well, sometimes it's the spiritual person that thinks joy is greater than happiness. And when you say joy, what do you mean? A lot of people don't even know what they mean when they say joy because it seems so spiritual, so high, so something else, joy. What is it if it's not happiness? Is there such a thing as a joyless happiness or a happiless joy? I don't think so. The problem is that God has gave us the desire to be happy. God has given us the desire to be happy Knowing, let's get this, knowing that the only true happiness can only come in Him. I believe God has given us a desire to be happy. And then He makes for sure, He makes it absolutely impossible to find it except in Him. Now why would He do that? Because He loves you. He gives you the desire to be happy All I want is to be happy. That's good. If you find that your happiness can only be in God. And so it draws us. It draws us to Him. So the desire to be happy is not the problem. Where we go to find happiness is the problem. What about Adam and Eve? Let's let's take for an instance an example. Let me give you an example of what I mean that God has given us the desire to be happy. You remember Adam and Eve? God gave them everything in the garden for their, can we say it? For their happiness. He gave them everything in the garden of Eden for their pleasures, for their enjoyment, for their being. Everything was good and great. And God provided this for them. And then comes the temptation. What was the temptation? Well, it could be said that the lure of temptation by the enemy was that you can find greater happiness. Get this. Greater happiness could be found in disobeying God. Greater happiness could be found in eating of a tree that God said not to. What's God doing? He's holding out for your happiness. And so the temptation was a pull on our desire to be happy and then move it into something wrong. And so from the fall all the way through now and until 
Christ comes, we are bent at finding our happiness in the wrong place. Adam and Eve, did they find happiness in disobeying God? No. They found death and destruction. So the desire to be happy, God gives you, and then he tells us our only happiness is going to be in him. Have you heard someone say it? All I want to be is happy. Is that good or bad? Well, it depends. If it means all I want is to be happy doing my own thing, doing what I want, well, first of all, that probably led to your unhappiness to start with. All I want to be is happy is a good thing when you recognize that God gave you the desire to be happy, but it's the place in which you find it is the problem. What if God did give us this desire, knowing that He's the only one? Should there be a distinction between joy and happiness? Why are we putting these, and I'm telling you, if you haven't read much on this, there seems to be a, a, a opposite. You either have happiness or you have joy. I mean, that there seems to be a competition between happiness seems shallow and weak, joy seems great and godly. But what if both these words are really biblical words? Both of these words are biblical words that we should hold our happiness and joy together in God. And I'm telling you this morning, on a, on a really cold January morning, your happiness is found in God, and I'm telling you, it is great, and it is good, and it is overflowing for us. Well, let me keep going with the fact that those words in the Bible that refer to happiness can be interchangeable, um, it could be that we've concluded in our day that happiness sounds unspiritual. Maybe you're uncomfortable even hearing it this morning from a pastor. Is, is Pastor Gordon preaching a prosperity message? No. Where did you hear that? I'm talking about happiness that's found in God, not in your self gratification, not in your, your material things, not in God giving you all your, your things that you want. I'm saying your happiness is found in God himself, the giver of all happiness. Well, what about happiness being unspiritual? Some people have said joy is of God and is solid, and happiness is of the world and is shallow. Some have said joy is greater than happiness. How, why, why? Is there somehow a happiness joy? Is there a joyless happiness? Where have we got this? Joy is spiritual, and happiness is fleshly. And yet God says, be happy in me. We'll talk about some scriptures in a moment. Joy and happiness can overlap. Some people say, okay, Let's say joy and happiness, they can overlap a little bit, but they're different. Have you ever tried to explain the difference between joy and happiness? You're going to find yourself uh, walking all over yourself because they are interlinked in a way that's not so much almost, they are really almost the same thing. They're, they're synonyms. Well, the Bible actually says joy, happiness, gladness, cheerfulness 
are synonymous. Well, why is it critical that we reclaim the word happiness? Here's what I want you to look at. On the screen, I believe, or actually, let me just share this with you. Randy Alcorn, and I don't know if you know Randy Alcorn, but he has helped me out a lot in in understanding things like heaven. He has written a book on heaven that is so good that I would recommend it for everyone. He's also recently written a book on happiness, and it has helped me on this subject. So I I want you to hear what Randy says about happiness and the gospel. Here's what he says. For the gospel to have its full meaning and purpose. What do you mean by that? The idea that I know I want to be happy, but God is calling me to be holy, I guess I will pursue holiness even if I'm not happy. This is not a bridge. This is what Randy says. This is not a bridge people want to cross. Come to Christ. You will not be happy, but you will be holy. That's not something people get jazzed about. You will not be happy in Christ? Really? How many of you are happy in Jesus? That God gives you this joy. There you go. Happiness, joy. It's okay. It's okay to say both of those things. He goes on to say, the gospel flows best when we understand that true happiness can only be found in Christ Jesus. We actually live in that happiness and peace that only God can give. So when someone says, I just want to be happy, we actually have an answer for that. And the answer is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, let me just back up and say that what I'm saying is not happy all the day long. Uh, Mike and I were talking this week a little bit. We're not talking about a, a flippant joy that's fake. We're not talking about happiness that's just a, a smiley face. We're talking about happiness of the soul. We're talking about a secure contentment. We're talking about knowing that your eternal life is secure, that there is nothing to fear, that all those things that would build up in you to be courageous and to be bold, and may I say, to be happy, no matter what this world gives. It does not mean bad things don't happen to you. That does not mean that stress is not real. It does not mean that, that um, it exempts you from some of the calamities that can happen. But what it does mean is deep down in your soul and in your heart, you're not shaken because you have a happiness in God, that you have a confidence in God. That's what I'm talking about. So please don't misunderstand. Happiness is not flighty. It's not uh, just superficial. All right, let's talk about this question. Is God happy? We know that he's good. God is good. But is he good-natured? Is he happy? Is he joyful? If he is the source, that's what I wrote, if he is the source of all true happiness and none can be found apart from him, it would be logical to say that he must possess all happiness within himself. If he's the one giving it, he must actually have it. I believe this is true. 
There is happiness in the Godhead. In other words, there's no conflict. There's no conflict between God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are mutually together. They are happy with one another. It pleases God that the, that the Son would be, would be crushed. It pleases God to send the Holy Spirit to us. There are wonderful happiness within the Trinity of God. And so He Himself is also happy. Now, that's not all He is. He is also holy. He is also just. He is also a God of wrath. We know that, but He also is a God of happiness. He's many things. He takes pleasure in us when we obey Him. He rejoices over us with singing, according to Zephaniah. The father in the parable of the prodigal son, you know what the father does in the prodigal son story? He makes a party. He celebrates. He has a party for the prodigal son. So I'm telling you, God is a God of happiness. Let's talk about what true happiness is and where that can be found. If you'll look in your Bible, Isaiah 52.7. Isaiah 52.7. Now I'm going to be reading this one out of the ESV version, and again, with different translations, you know, a a hard thing to do is to translate a word in the Hebrew or in the Greek that has a lot of meanings that we have a lot of English words for, but there's only one Hebrew word or two, or there's one or two Greek words. So how do we translate it? Well, I'm going to tell you, there is a Hebrew word that most often should be translated, happiness. But sometimes it's translated blessedness or being blessed. But it has a connotation of joy. Listen to this in Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news. Here it is. Get this. Who brings good news of happiness. The good news of happiness. When's the last time you recognize that the gospel is the gospel of good news of happiness? When Jesus came, the angel said, Behold, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Joy has come. We sang it this morning. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Can we say happiness to the world in Jesus? That's the key. So here it is in Isaiah, the good news of happiness. Well, if you have a chance to go then to Joel, one of the minor prophets, Joel, if you'll take a right-hand turn in your Bible to Joel chapter 2, verse 21, you'll find this verse. Now this one I'm reading out of the King James Version because it uses this word properly. Be happy. Look at that. It actually says, be happy and full of joy. How can the Bible use the same word, happy and joy, in the same sentence if they're not the same thing? Happiness and joy. Be happy and full of joy. Why? Because the Lord has done a wonderful thing. Joel is saying here, be happy and full of joy, not just because you wake up in the morning and you want to be happy. It's because you recognize the Lord has done great things. 
If you haven't counted your blessings lately, if you haven't saw what the Lord has done, if you have not recognized that God has been good to you, if you haven't done that, then you're going to miss out on what Joel is saying. Be happy and full of joy. Why? Because the Lord has done wonderful things. How about this one in Psalm 68.3? This one comes out of the New International Version. May the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May the right, I think we're the only ones that can really be be glad and be happy in God, obviously. It says, may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Well, why did the psalmist say happy and joyful? Why not he just say joyful? Because there is something in our soul that just leaps for happiness and joy when we recognize all that God has done and we are saved, His righteousness has been given to us and we are God's people. Um, so the psalmist knew this. And in John 15, 11, we have Jesus Himself saying, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. What is Jesus saying? I'm giving you my joy. What, is that, what does that mean to you? Jesus says, my joy I give to you so that your joy would be big. God wants you to be joyful. Now again, let me, let me, I keep coming back to this because I, I see some of you like, well, are you saying that we're all supposed to just jump up and, and down and be happy, happy, happy all the time? Like It sounds like Duck Dynasty or something. Happy, happy, happy. And by the way, uh, the Duck Dynasty guy understands the happiness of God. Um, We're not talking about faking it. We're not talking about pretending. And some of you this morning are sitting here going, I want this. I want to be happy. God gave you that to be, that desire to be happy is yes, that's good. But don't settle for wanting it. Why don't you grasp on to where your happiness can be found? It can be found only in Jesus Christ and in His Word. These things I've spoken to you that my joy would be in you and that your joy would be full. Well, let's go to the other side of things. If everybody has a desire to be happy, then how come there's so much unhappiness in the world? Well, God is very clear, get this, God is very clear that seeking happiness or joy, gladness, or delight through sin or anything other than God is wrong. Trying to find your happiness in some other person is not going to fulfill you. Trying to find happiness in a job It's not going to fulfill you. Trying to find your source of all happiness going to be found in a bigger home, a better this, a bigger that, it's not going to happen. Your happiness does not come from anything other than the God of all happiness. And so it's wrong to try to search for happiness in anything else. The Bible is clear. So why are we looking for happiness in all the wrong places? Well, the Bible is very clear. Let's walk through this. 
chasing happiness. Does that look like our world today, that everybody is chasing happiness but never finding it? One person would say, well, I think I'll be happy if I could just that, or if, this could, if we could just get this, if, the, if this, that, and the other. We're chasing after happiness. In Romans 1, 21 and 22, and verse 25 also, re- read this along with me. Just look at the screen. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And they worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Right there in, in Romans 1, we see there's been a shift We're no longer finding happiness in God. We're chasing happiness over things that God has made. And you'll never find it there. We have corrupted the pursuit of happiness. Well, we've already looked at this, but let's look where it all began in Genesis 3, 1 to 8. But read it with the idea, did Adam and Eve shift their happiness pursuit from pursuing God to pursuing something else? It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Now that was supposed to make them happy. If they would just do this, They would be happy. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves. They started going to work. Fig leaves together to make for themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife, for the very first time, they hid themselves from God in the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And they were fearful for the very first time. They had never been fearful. It did not make them happy. And I guarantee you, every person in this room can say something you thought would make you happy, and it didn't. Because why? Because it wasn't God. God is the only source of true, real, eternal, lasting happiness. God is the only one. We find that in Romans. We find that in Genesis. And then very clearly we see it in Proverbs. Don't you love Proverbs? Short and sweet. Proverbs 14, 12, and I'm going to add 13. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. 
even in laughter, the heart may ache. And in the end of joy, maybe grief. What's Solomon saying? There is a way that seems to lead to happiness, but it actually leads to death. There is only one road to happiness, and it is Christ Jesus as Lord. It says here, even laughter, in laughter, the heart may ache. Have you ever seen somebody like this that's just kind of putting on a face? And they act like they're happy, but if you really got into their life, they're miserable. They're not happy at all. There is something that looks like a happy heart, but behind the scenes, behind the scenes, deep down, you look in the mirror, you hate the mirror. There's no happiness. And then finally there in in this proverb, it says, the end of joy may be grief. In other words, what if you get to the end of your day and you thought you lived a happy life and it was all joy, you thought, not in God, but all this other playing around, having a good time, and then God calls you. I mean, the end of your days, there is grief because you missed it. You missed it. You've missed all of the joy and all of the happiness of God. There is grief when you have false joy and you miss the real. A.W. Tozer wrote this. He may not be the only one that said this, but I think Tozer's pretty famous for this. The people of God ought to be the happiest people in all the whole wide world. What does Tozer mean by this? Can he make that claim that the people of God, the believers in Christ Jesus, ought to be the happiest people in all the world? All you have to do is do any kind of a study of what your condition is apart from Christ. Your condition apart from Christ is that you are dead in your trespasses and sins. Apart from Christ, you are condemned already. But in Christ Jesus, you have eternal life. You have the forgiveness of sins. You have the redemption of of your whole soul and body and life. So I believe, I agree with Tozer. I agree that believers in Christ Jesus ought to be. Now, why does Tozer say ought to be the happiest people in the world. Because we have such short-term memories, we, cannot, we can't hold on to the happiness in our minds and in our, in our walk. We, we, today, you, like if I'm talking right now, you might begin to sense that happiness that's coming from God. I'm just trying to pull it from you to say, happiness is found in God, and if you went back to Jesus, and if you got there for just a second, you can get there, can't you? But you're going to walk away from here, and you're going to wake up tomorrow, and it does, you don't actually feel it like you feel it now, maybe, or whatever. So that's why I think Tozer says we ought to be the happiest people in the world. We must remind ourselves that we are the happiest people in the world, and we must also remind ourselves where that happiness comes from. It does not come from your circumstances. Let me tell you, uh, as I was working this over and as I was preparing this, I'm telling you, all manner of things happened in our family. They were not happy things. 
How can I stand up here and preach a message on happiness and then things happen in our life that really scared us this week and and had some things that weren't really easy and still going to be working it out? I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to work out. And yet God's calling me to share a word on happiness. I better practice what I preach. Don't you hate that when God says you have to practice what you preach? I'm not saying I'm doing it perfectly. I got down days too. I got struggles too. But I'm telling you, Beth and I were talking about, if we count our blessings, I'm telling you, if we do that, it's overwhelming. We walk and talk, and sometimes we say, you know what? No matter what it is, we are blessed by God, and we know that. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end leads in death. That's the wrong way to chase happiness. Well, let's wrap it up with this. If you're one of those people who are saying, I just want to be happy, that is really good news because God is ready to give you his happiness through his son, Jesus Christ. How does this happen? How does somebody say, I just want to be happy, and then God says, I will give you my happiness But you have to receive his happiness under his terms. And then if you're out on that, if you say, oh, I get it, that's the catch. You're saying that God will give me happiness, but I have to do it God's way. Well, number one, why do you have a problem with that? That's the source of your unhappiness. Well, I want God's happiness but I don't want to do it God's way. Then can I say you really don't want God's happiness? Stop kidding yourself. God's happiness comes in God's way and God's way only, and the only way for God's happiness is for Him to absorb all of your unhappiness in Him, for Him to take all of your sin, all of your unrighteousness, all of that. He says, I will take it on Myself. In Jesus Christ on the cross, and I will pay the price for all of your sin. And I will give you my righteousness. Now, I'm not going to say righteousness and happiness are the same thing. I'm telling you, happiness is a derivative of righteousness. It flows out of the great exchange. God takes your sin. He gives you his righteousness by his atoning work on the cross. All of your sins are forgiven. You can feel it come off of you. You can, you can just picture God taking it. Some of you are saying, I want that. Now, even as a believer, I'm telling you, you can get wrapped up in this world, and you need to let God take that from you and give you His joy, which is found in a right relationship with Him. Randy, again, going back to Randy Alcorn's book on happiness, he's put it this way, for those who have placed their complete trust and hope in Christ Jesus. Now, this is not a person who goes to church. This is a person who has put their faith and trust in Christ Jesus. Why is there a difference between somebody that goes to church, attends church, and someone who has put their faith and trust in Christ? There is a difference. That's why somebody next to you can be joyful and the other person going, I don't get it. Because sometimes we are churchgoers 
and we're not Christ followers. This is for the Christ follower. Randy Alcorn says this. Number one, the price for your happiness has been paid. The basis for your happiness is secure. The resources for your happiness are provided for you daily. The assurance of eternal happiness is absolute. And all of this provides an objective reason for your happiness right now, today. Can you be happy today? I've heard people say, well, in the sweet by and by, when I get to glory, I guess I'll be happy. Why the big shift? I understand that in heaven, there'll be no more tears, no more dying, no more all that. But because you have that in your future, it ought to help you be happy right now. He tells you about your future so that it might help you right now. And that's part of our current happiness right now that God's going to actually make even better. Well, what about this? What if you are a believer here this morning and you are experiencing unhappiness, sadness, sorrow, the world that circumstances are not working for you and you you love Jesus? See, the prosperity preaching doesn't have anything for you except you need to have more faith, and that's just a, it's a put-down. It's, it's hard. That's the harsh word of the name-it-claim-it group. Isn't that harsh to tell somebody that's hurting? You just need to have more faith and never acknowledge that you're hurting. Some people really hurt. Some people really are, are, are struggling as believers. So what do you do? Here's what I would say to you. If you're here this morning and you hear about happiness and it seems like it's out there but you don't have it, or at least you're not experiencing it, I would say number one, pour out your heart to God because He cares for you even in your suffering. Admit, Lord, I don't really have what is being taught right here. I, I, I don't really experience happiness right now. And maybe you don't even know why. And then I would say to acknowledge that these feelings are real. I'm not into pretending, are you? Are you into pretending? I hope not. I'm not pretending once upon a time there was a man named Jesus. I don't pretend about that. There was a man named, there is a man named Jesus. There is a cross. There is an empty tomb. These things are real. And so what I'm talking to you is about a happiness that is real. But so is our sadness and so is our, our hard lives at times. And so first of all, admit that's real. Take it to God. Now here's, here's where it goes. When you do that, remind yourself now of who you are and who God is. When you remind yourself of who you are, you're a child of God, and who He is, the God of all happiness, and claim the promises of His Word, if not a promise for now, you know there's a promise to come. If we are suffering now, 
We are going to claim his, his preserving power in our lives, and we're going to claim that these sufferings now pale to compare to the glories ahead. You claim God's promise in his word that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. You renew your mind. You begin to do these things, and I'm telling you, happiness can be yours again. John 13, 17, Jesus said, If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. Now, this is interesting. Is happiness related to our obedience? Some of you are like, please say no. Is the happiness in Christ Jesus connected to obedience? Yes. Happiness is obedience to God. Jesus said, happy are you if you do them. Not know them, but do them. Happy are you. Now, why would you obey God? Because you know He's the source of all happiness. I want to obey Him. Not, don't sit there. You mean I have to obey Him? You've got it all wrong. You get to obey the God of all happiness. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that when you recognize that God loves you, He's, got, He's, He's for you. And He may call you to a hard thing. But I don't know, even in my own life, but I've never met anybody else that obeyed God and later wished they wouldn't have. We have Scott and Zenobia in Seattle, Washington. Do you think they're in Seattle going, we shouldn't have done this? This obeying God is really bad. No, they're going, I can't believe we're here. Well, obeying God, it was hard. I can't believe we quit my job. I moved. We've traveled all the way across the country. And they're going to have maybe some difficult days, I know. But they're going to look back and go, you know what? But we followed God. And God has never let us down. God has never failed us. And even if it doesn't work out in the circumstantial way in which we envision, God is good. So obey God in happiness. Jesus said, happy are you when you obey. How do you say you love God? According to the Scriptures, it's by keeping His commandments. You love me. That's why you obey me. All right. In conclusion, John Piper has written a book called The Pleasures of God, um, which has opened up this same thing, same thing that Randy's talking about. But I wanted to take Piper's way of saying it and let you feel what the pleasures of God and the happiness of God can be. Here it is. John Piper said, quote, The greatest joy is joy in God. This is plain from Psalm 1611. You, God, will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Now, Piper goes on to say, fullness of joy and eternal joy cannot be improved. This is funny to me. Nothing is fuller than full. 
and nothing is longer than eternal. And this joy of owing to the presence of God, not the accomplishments of man. Therefore, if God wants to love us infinitely and delight us fully and eternally, we must preserve for us the one thing that will satisfy us totally and eternally, namely, the presence and the worth of His own glory. He alone is the source of full and lasting pleasure. God wants your joy to be full and eternal. There's nothing fuller than full, and there's nothing longer than eternal. That's the kind of joy God has for you. Not fake, not every day of Friday, just just saying. Real joy, real happiness in knowing God. And knowing your sins are forgiven. What's it gonna, what does God have to do? He's done it all to give you his joy and happiness. Well, do you have that? Do you experience that? Let's pray and ask God. We're going to transition to the Lord's Supper in this. The only way that God's happiness can come to you is through his blood of his son. Think about the price of your happiness. Your forgiveness, your eternal destiny reversed. It took the price of his son. And when we, when we take the Lord's Supper in just this moment, would you recognize that that is the only way your happiness could have been purchased? And that God is freely giving this to you? So when you take the Lord's Supper, first of all, if you misunderstood that, if you've forgotten, you need to recognize it before you take the Lord's Supper. In other words, you need to recognize that your happiness doesn't come from you, it comes from God. And it is provided through His blood and through His body for you. 